Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things, they push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is episode 31. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most. And you know what? I just wanted to start off the show a little different. I hope it didn't catch you off guard. But today, as we're recording this on a Friday, October the 5th, this is the seventh anniversary of the passing of SJ. He passed away on October the 5th in 2011 at the age of 56. And honestly, I'm here talking about all this stuff because of the world and the devices and the gadgets that he created and my passion for it. You guys and gals are all listening because of the passion and love for technology that quite honestly, he inspired most of us to just be so enthralled and curious and excited about. So we wanted to at least show a little bit of love and pay tribute. What you heard in the beginning is actually Steve Jobs voicing over the Think Different TV commercial that uh, released, I believe, in 1997. Originally, it was voiced over by Oscar award-winning actor Richard Dreyfuss, but Steve Jobs had a voiced-over version for himself. It aired on TV. There was no internet back then, but Steve Jobs did a recording of his own. And when you listen to that, and if you didn't know that Steve Jobs never voiced it over, Look, find the original ad on YouTube and listen to it. And then when you listen to Steve Jobs' version, it it just has so this this heart and intimacy that you feel through it because he's talking about his journey and how he feels about what he does. And you can read all the books and all the, hear all the stories about how he was, you know, away from work and what type of person he was. I'm not here to talk about that, but just what he gave to us and what, you know, he put his attention towards so that we could enjoy it. It's something that, you know, everyone should always remember. And there's a generation that doesn't really know what Apple was like during their heyday with SJ. But I just wanted to take some time to just point it out that this is the seventh um, anniversary since Steve Jobs passed away. And even Tim Cook did something to remember him on Twitter. Tim Cook wrote, Steve showed me and all of us what it means to serve humanity. We miss him today and every day, and we'll never forget the example he set for us. There's also like a really cool quote. Steve Jobs, before his passing, also did um, the graduation speech at Stanford University. I believe it was back in 2005. And this is kind of a quote from what he said to the graduating class there. His quote was, Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. 
And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So there you go. October 5th, 2011. It's been seven years since SJ passed. And obviously, Apple's legacy, where it is today, can be pointed to SJ and where it's going. I mean, there's tons of his DNA in there. And yeah, we criticize some of the things that Apple does that may not have been what was done in the past, but Apple is still one of the largest companies in the world, if not the number one consumer brand out there. So thanks, SJ. Really cool stuff. All right. Um, I guess we're going to just jump in the news and address a lot of things that have been going on. Today also is the first day to get the Nike Plus Apple Watch Series 4. This is the Nike branded version of the watch. It has specific Nike watch faces, goes directly to the Nike run app as well as a specific sport loops one is kind of like rubberized with the holes that they've had before they have a new one with reflective threading that's kind of the sport loop those are available in limited quantities today people pre-ordered them online during the apple watch uh, pre-orders but you can get those today now this week was really we touched upon it last week with the lte connectivity issues and the wi-fi issues that some iphone users were reporting what kind of happened is after a product comes out, little bugs or things that end up surfacing that aren't really talked about in all the reviews that just put it out right away. Well, there are these, you can call it what you want. You can call them Apple Gates. We heard of Charge Gate. We heard of Beauty Gate. For the most part, they have been resolved, but we're going to just at least touch upon them as beats because they were big stories through this week. Charge Gate happened where specifically with iPhone XS and XS Max, for a good amount of users, if you plugged in the lightning cable into the phone, it would not charge if you plugged it in while the screen was turned off. It would not charge at all if you physically plugged in the lightning cable. Now, if you woke up your screen, then the phone would charge, which means there were some people that were under the assumption that, hey, if I just plug in my phone like I normally do, and the screen is, in, is asleep, that the phone will charge. But that wasn't the case. Some people tried to flip the cable over. It didn't work. It didn't matter whether it was third-party or first-party charges, chargers. But Apple has issued a fix for this in their iOS 12.1 beta, which is available to developers and public be- people that have signed up for the public beta. So this fix is coming soon. It most likely will roll out publicly sooner rather than later. Maybe we'll even see it at the next Apple keynote event. I know there's people that are still having some of these charging issues, but at least it's going to get revolved, resolved pretty soon. The other, the other gate, beauty gate. Have you guys and gals heard about this one? I'm sure you have. So what people have found is that Apple's new iPhone selfie camera, it, it, it looks like compared to previous cameras that it's automatically smoothing your skin in photos. It's, uh, you know, playing with a little bit of the exposure, reducing the shadows on your face and some of the details, and even affecting the color temperature, whether you put your hand on your face or take it off. A lot of people feel like this is a, a an effect that's similar to what we've seen in other phones, like they've called it beauty mode. And the only reason why it's really been sticking out is because people have noticed it because it is so drastically different than their iPhone 10 
or earlier. Now, Apple declined to comment if this is actually a thing. I think it is actually a thing, but I don't think it's something that people should get worried about. For example, I remember using the Pixel 2's selfie camera, and it was so, so detailed. I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't want the selfie camera to show that much detail. And so I stopped using it for selfie. I mean, it was really detailed. So I'm just saying, for those of you that like to take your selfies, you'll probably look a little better. It's not the end of the world. I think what really Apple should do is they don't have to address it as a problem, but I think they should just give people the option to turn off this quote-unquote filter. But then by doing that, it kind of addresses that it was an issue that Apple doesn't think is an issue, and then it becomes kind of a bigger deal. I think the overall user general consumer who's not listening to this podcast wouldn't even really tell and they might just think they look astonishing which y'all probably do so beauty gate yeah that's there but i wouldn't worry about it too much i think the biggest thing that people should worry about is the lte connectivity and wi-fi issues we talked about last week apple is according to users who have been contacted by apple directly reports are saying that apple is looking into these complaints that Customers are experiencing LTE connectivity issues with specifically the new iPhone XS and XS Max. I suggest that maybe this is just something that a carrier software upgrade can fix, but also at the core of it is that issue between the Qualcomm antennas that were previously used in earlier iPhones versus the Intel modems that are used in all of the XS and XS Max that have shown in the past to not be as strong of a modem and getting signal as well as even if you have a low signal, it's not as reliable and not as a, not, not the connection isn't as good even at one or two bars. And I experienced this specifically when I went to the iPhone 10 because my iPhone 10 came with the Intel based modem. It wasn't an unlocked or Verizon modem based phone. And I know this for a fact, my signal got worse when I went to an iPhone 10 Every, every which way that I tested it out and even in real world use, it was just not as good. So I don't know if Apple's gonna address this publicly. We'll see, but they are at least looking into it. And so I'll I'll give them a pass. We'll just wait on it. But that, that could be kind of the biggest deal out of the iPhone XS and XS Max. If you wanna hear some good things or great things about the Apple iPhone, Anantech has really run the A12 processor through their tests and through kind of their way of benchmarking it, how it performs. And they have claimed and called out that the iPhone XS A12 Bionic chip is just margins off the best desktop CPUs in their latest review. So they did this deep dive. They talk about how performance in it Apple claimed, oh, there's a 15% boost in performance, but they were actually saying, hey, uh, Apple's kind of playing it close to the vest and being modest about it. According to their tests, they found that performance was up to 40%. They called it a beast of a systems on a chip and a big shift for Apple's lineup. They're really more curious of how this will affect Apple moving forward. And I, I think that there's a lot of power in these chips and moving forward because it's all going to be directed towards Apple's augmented reality and using their neural engine and processing all this data. But I think it's really, yeah, sure, it helps with graphics performance and raw power performance, but 
to me, they're they're requiring so much power because they want this iPhone in the future to be that lens to the world with augmented reality. That's, I mean, no matter what, they're gonna try and bring as much power as they can, but we'll see how it gets utilized. But Anantech calls it, uh, they literally say it's just margins off the best desktop CPUs in the review. And you can go check that out. Uh, it, it is really interesting, kind of dig through some of the stuff that they talk about. We also alluded to last week about being curious, where is the iPhone's camera gonna fall? We talked about some of the camera, how it deals with noise reduction and their smart HDR post-processing that takes multiple frames of a photo and then uses an algorithm to kind of combine them to give you the best looking photos. And without a doubt, the iPhone XS and XS Max have a better camera, have the best camera that Apple has ever put out. Whether you want to believe or believe in this stuff, um, on DxO's ranking, they finally published the results of their analysis of the iPhone XS Max rear camera. That's their dual lens camera. They gave it an overall score. This is not based out of a scale of 100 points, but they gave it an overall score of 105 points, trailing only the Huawei P20 Pro with its triple lens camera that had a score of 109. They said the iPhone XS Max and the camera in the Max and the 12 uh, iPhone XS and the XS Max are the same, but they only use the XS Max for their tests. They said it has excellent photo and video in quality in bright light, a very wide dynamic range and good detail. Exposure in outdoor images tends to be on spot spot on with high levels of detail and pleasant color. So they run this through all the vigors. If you want to break down their score, DxO Mark says that the iPhone XS Max has one of the best mobile cameras it has ever tested and consistently delivers good results. They had a 110 score in photography, which rates exposure and contrast, color, autofocus, texture, noise, all of those things, and a 96 in overall video quality. They did say, however, um, in low light, that noise becomes a little more intrusive than other high-end phones. But like I said, when you get to this top-tier level of phones, they all are bringing amazing cameras. There's gonna be subtle subtleties between them, but if you wanna talk about the top five DxO Mark mobile phones, number one is the Huawei P20 Pro, the Apple iPhone XS Max, and you could throw in the XS in there as well at second place. The HTC U12 Plus is third. Samsung Galaxy Notes, Nine is tied for third with the with HTC, and then the at, in fourth or I guess fifth if you have two phones tied for third, the Huawei P20. So Apple's right up there. The Google Pixel Three announcement is coming on Tuesday of next week, October the 9th. We'll see where it ranks if it is able to squeeze itself in up ahead of Apple or below Apple. But I, you know, cameras dominate the phone conversation these days, and. Uh, they're all really amazing. When I look at pictures that we see here, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, iOS 12.1, the beta dropped for developers. And I don't know about y'all, uh, Apple has talked about them a lot, but a set, not only will it get or will it address the charging issue, 70 plus new emojis emojis you've got everything from a cold face a party like party uh emoji face 
new hairstyles for curly hair people, for bald haired people, for white haired people. You got llamas, hippos, a little bok choy, mangoes. I mean, they're showing love to the Asians because they put like lacy, which is the red envelope for Chinese New Year that you can get. And you want to, you you definitely want to get two of them when you give them out or or collect them. It has money in them, so if you want to be honorary Asian, honorary Chinese, maybe maybe I'll hook you up with some lacy. You also have the mooncake up in there. I mean, they're showing love. A lot of other stuff: magnet, chemistry tube, a DNA helix, uh, just fun stuff and. It's always fun because Apple releases iOS and then the point one typically brings the update for the new emojis that have been um, approved by the Unicode Consortium. So if you want to look them up online, there's tons of them. Really fun stuff. I don't know about you. I, I always welcome new emojis, even though I want my favorites to be bigger. I feel like I don't have my library of favorites is too small now. I need to, I need to expand that. So maybe they can work on that. All right, let's just take a breather and thank the sponsors of the show, which is you. I always go with you. All right, patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to sponsor and support the show starting at $1 a month or $5 a month, which is like a cup of coffee. Coffee. And if you feel like I give you any value, you can return that value. Also, I do want to let you know that I am looking to start getting, I'm at the level of this show, thanks to you all of getting sponsors for the show. So if you support the Patreon, there is a link for the sponsor-free version of the show because obviously you're sponsoring. And then if you listen to the show regularly, you will get the ad in the show and it'll be all right. But I just want to give you guys and gals a heads up. But patreon.com slash Tong, thank you so much. Again, you are all the reason I am able to do this and uh, just give this thing a go. So I can't say thank you enough. It's, it's pretty bonkers. We're still not at our goal level but I'm sticking with this. I'm going to stick with y'all and build it up. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep on attacking this thing. All right, let's get to more stories of the week. We have a ton of calls. I did forget to tell you all that, yes, call in the show and it'll probably result in less calls. That's typically what happens. But 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. We started with the Steve Jobs intro and I didn't want to just like taint it with, hey, call in too. Kind of sounds silly. All right. In another big story where I, what I found interesting about this is Apple rarely comes out strong when it comes to being uh, accused or being in a news story that they do not feel is accurate. And what this is rooted in, and I'm not sure if you all saw this, but check out Bloomberg Business Week if you have time. They put out a report specifically suggesting that Chinese spies had pretty much created this plan that was successful to plant microchips in Chinese-made super micro server motherboards that many companies, including Apple and others, use in their facilities. So I'm going to read a little bit of this excerpt and kind of bounce around just to give you guys and gals some context of what happened. So back in 2015, Amazon, Amazon was looking to expand their streaming video service, and they were looking at this startup called Elemental Technologies as an acquisition to help them, right, boost up compressing these massive video files and formatting them for different devices, okay? So what did they do? They wanted to integrate this with their Amazon Web Services, 
this is their highly secure cloud and Amazon was also building some of this for the CIA. So to kind of do their due diligence, Amazon Web Services was overseeing this whole prospective acquisition. And so they wanted to kind of do a first pass to just vet them out and they uncovered issues that made them take a closer look at Elemental's main product. It was their expensive servers that handled the video compression and they were assembled for Elemental by Supermicro. And what they found is that nested on the server's motherboards, they found a tiny microchip. They say it was not much bigger than a grain of rice that wasn't part of the board's original design. So Amazon reported that to authorities because Elemental servers were, could be found in the Department of Defense data centers, CIA's drone operations, and onboard networks of Navy warships. So during this probe that still remains open three years later, investigators determined that these chips that were found, that grain of rice chip, allowed the attackers to create a stealth doorway into any network that included the altered machines. So in this report, they claim that Apple was one of those companies that was infiltrated with these servers. Apple comes out strong with an actual press statement to the public where they said over the course of the past year, Bloomberg has contacted us multiple times with claims, sometimes vague and sometimes elaborate, of this alleged security incident at Apple. Each time we have conducted rigorous internal investigations based on their inquiries, and each time we have found absolutely no evidence support to support any of them. We have repeatedly and consistently offered factual responses on the record, refuting virtually every aspect of Bloomberg's storytelling story relating to Apple. So Apple says, no, keep fishing, but it didn't happen to us. The story basically claims roughly 30 companies were infiltrated by these servers. I think it's fascinating. It is a long read, is a detailed read, but it is worth checking out because, come on, China. China did it. All right, we know that October is coming up. We're in October, but what I really mean is October's event for Apple is coming up. And so... We don't know exactly when they're going to do it. We've seen it typically come out around mid-October. Maybe they'll wait a little later. But, you know, we just kind of wanted to go over some of the expectations for an iPad Pro redesign. There's rumors of a MacBook coming out, a new 12-inch Retina version, um, and a 13-inch version that could replace the current MacBook Air. We'll see if that actually happens rumblings of mac mini that hasn't been touched for years i mean i really hope we see something there for to show some mac mini love and then the imac i don't think we're gonna see well maybe we'll see a refresh i'm not sure but maybe the safe bet obviously ipad pro this is the kind of new thinner bezel design no home button face id potential USB-C connector on the bottom, the first iOS device that would get that. But that's that's the product that I'm excited about. You all know this. I've been talking about that so much. I, I would love to see that iPad Pro. The new MacBook revamp, um, whether they f- 
push out the MacBook Air and actually do replace this with a straightforward, just call it the MacBook with a 12-inch Retina version um, that has Touch ID without the touch bar, that would be interesting because I would love to see that design in the MacBook Pros. We're most likely going to get either a release or at least a sneak peek. Uh, I I guess they should release it, but iOS 12.1, WatchOS 5.1, those are all available at least for developers, but just not for the mainstream public. And maybe we'll actually see group FaceTime by the end of the year in iOS 12.1. It's in beta currently. It's in beta. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know if you all care about the air power charging mat still. Everything tells me we're not going to see it by the end of this year. Their Apple has completely removed it from existence on its website right now. And we've heard about all those problems. So I don't know. If you think we'll see it, maybe we'll see it for y'all. And before we get to our amazing calls, Apple earns the top spot as the world's most valuable brand for the sixth consecutive year, according to Interbrand's Best Global Brands Report for 2018. At number one, Apple. At number two, Google. Number three, Amazon. Number four, Microsoft. And number five, Coca-Cola. Sugar Water still has a role to play. They say Apple's brand value grew by about 15% and increased to $214.5 billion. Also, top growing brands, in the top growing brands category, Amazon had a 56% growth, followed by Netflix at 45%. Gucci Mang, Gucci, 30%. Salesforce.com at 23%. And Louis Vuitton at 23%. Facebook held the number one top spot as the top growing brand for five years in a row. But the top five, the Fab Five brands again, Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and Coca-Cola. Very nice. All right, I say... Let's go check out our calls for the week a week. You guys and gals came out in force. We literally had over 20 calls. I had to kind of whittle it down. But remember, this show is yours. Call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Love to hear from you. Your good apples, your bad apples, your corrections of me, your comments, whatever you want. All right, let's hit it up. First up, Ray from North Carolina. What's up, B-Song? This is Ray. Long time. First time from uh, North Carolina. Yeah, man, so I uh, switched from the Apple uh, iPhone 6S Plus, went with the 10S, named it Serena, um, and uh, really went with the 10S versus the Max because I couldn't fit the Max in my hand and, and without it bobbling too much. And I mean, with this 10S going from the 6 Plus, honestly, really, the only thing I noticed more is uh, you know better quality and sound and uh, better picture quality, but I'm loving it. All right, man. He's loving it. Okay, Ray. The best thing about it, first of all, for people that I'm guessing this is why he he named it named her Serena because iPhone tennis Serena Williams tennis. Y'all got that? If you don't follow sports, you won't get it. But the best part about your call, bro, is that it. when I get these calls, it transcribes them for me. So every time you said 10S, it transcribed it as tennis. <laughs> tennis, every time you said it. 
See, even the transcription. Apple, what are you doing? The transcription can't even get it. I love that call. Serena, that's a dope name for a phone, for specifically the iPhone tennis. All right, we got a call from a man, Anthony. Hey, TZ, what's up, man? It's your boy, Anthony, from California. Uh, dude, this series put a thought that two millimeters of extra screen size will make such a difference. It so does. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I was going in between aluminum and stainless steel, just like the dude that called a couple weeks ago. Uh, just a tip, the aluminum comes with an Onyx glass. Stainless steel comes with a sapphire crystal, so the dudes worry about scratches. Definitely go with stainless steel. Just shaking nation looking out for each other, Brian. Uh, dude, one of the biggest things that I love about this watch that's over the Series 3 is the picture watch face, man. The pictures just look so much better on this watch. The Series 3 has those big black borders around it with the bezels. It just looks small and tiny, look nasty. Uh, I love the new Apple watch faces, but the picture watch face is actually becoming my favorite solely because of uh, that fact. Never thought I'd like pictures on the watch, but they look great on this one. And I got to disagree with you a little bit with the SJ and the Tim Cook era, man. I know what you're saying, but SJ did it too. Look at the iPod, the iPod Nano, and the iPod Shuffle. They were just really making a crappier iPod at a cheaper price point. So just something to think about. Love the show, man. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, peace. Man, Anthony coming with the heat, but I love it. You know, uh, first of all, what pictures are you putting on your watch? Is it like pictures of yourself or pictures of a significant other? I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious. But, uh, you know, I thought it was cool. I love how, how you made that point about how Apple did it with the iPods. I think to me, what was different, well, the reason why I complain the most about what Apple's doing with the iPhones is just that the 10R is kind of like, it looks pretty much exactly like a 10. It's It acts like a 10, but it's not a 10. Okay, fine, it's a 10R. But whereas the iPods, they l- deliberately made different models that look distinguishedly different from each other. But yes, there were a more diverse line. So I, I feel you on that. I was like, yeah. I like that. I like that. All right, Ron from Colorado. Hey, Brian. Ron from Colorado. Huge Apple Bits fan. Wanted to chime in on Apple's state of mind from the old Steve Jobs day to the new Cook administration. It just feels like Apple really feels like we are intellectually inferior and that we as a consumer don't know what we want. For example, we want fast charging in the box, in the box not as an $80 option on top of the $1,200 I already spent. I saw a story in one of Tim Cook's interviews stating it is found that people like the smaller adapters instead of the larger ones. What? I mean, what? 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 Come on now. That is a cop-out excuse and ridiculous. At least give me some in-store credit inside every Apple purchase or iPhone, what have you, if you don't want to put it in the box so I can buy a fast charger at a reasonable price. I mean, companies like Anchor, or Anchor, however you want to pronounce them, are killing it in the accessory space because they're not charging these ridiculous prices for options that should have come out of the freaking box. How do you feel about this newfound courage on their business strategies, and if you feel that we will tolerate their behavior forever? Thank you for all that you do, and I hope you have a good one. Oh, Ron went with courage. (laughs) Man, that's not courage. That's straight up janky. I honestly, I didn't, I never saw that uh, excerpt from his interview. That is horrible. If that's his excuse of why we get the crappiest charging option available, because how about this? The techies that know what's, this is the reason why, how I've talked about this, how Apple has evolved. It is such a mainstream company. There are more people that casually use iPhones that 
don't understand or care about fast charging and the minutia of all this cool stuff that we care about. So the general audience that uses Apple is like, oh yeah, that charge is fine. But that also kind of shows you like who Apple is targeting now, right? I mean, they can target everyone, but man, that quote just sounds horrible. That's just, that's horrible. But to your point, when is this going to stop? Look, the more the fact is that when Apple first released a $999 iPhone, which was the iPhone 10, it was their top-selling phone during that period for those two two uh quarters where they reported earnings. So, until we don't buy their best phone at that high price, if no one bought that phone, Apple would have changed their strategy for the iPhone 10s and 10R. They would have, but people keep buying it. So if we keep on buying everything, then they're gonna keep on they're gonna keep on testing us to see how far we go. You know what product that what a great product that didn't really survive and live because it was so horrendous? The uh, the iPhone battery case that had that nasty bump on it. We don't see it anymore. Why? Because people didn't buy it because it was fugly. And also, there were already other solutions on the market that looked way better. So it comes down to like, sometimes it's hard, but you vote with your dollar. And if you keep on voting for Apple with your dollars, Apple's going to keep on making whatever they want. So, all right, let's check out what Stephen has to say. Hey, Brian, this is Stephen Leatherwood from Savannah, Georgia, over on the other coast. Um, Just had a crazy thought. I was actually thinking about going from the iPhone 10 to the iPhone 10R, um, just to kind of save on the monthly rate. Um, I'm aware of all the features that are missing from the iPhone 10R, um, but also just interested in the faster processor. Um, kind of wondering what your thoughts are. Um, reason doing it is because of the lower payment um, to my subscriber. Tell me your thoughts. Talk to you later, man. Love the show. Bye. Steven, so I don't know if I I should listen to this call again, but did it sound like you were going from a 10 to a 10R? Because if you're going from a previous phone to a 10R and you're looking at your budget, well, yeah, that makes total sense. But if you're going from a 10 to a 10R, why not just keep the 10 just because... On a day-to-day usage, the processor increase, you're really not going to see. You you really don't see it that much. FaceTime is a hair faster. You're getting a camera that is basically the same. The only reason to go for that 10R would just be to get the, the faster processor that you wouldn't feel. I would stick with what you have. But again, depending on you know what's happening with your finances, if it is better for you to just go down the 10R now, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't stop you, but you're basically getting the same phone except it's colorful and it has a processor that's faster. It, I mean, it's a single lens phone also, actually, but so I have to, you know, because it's maybe might be slightly better-ish in some ways, but not better in other ways. I would just stick with what you have if you can and wait for the next phone, maybe? We'll see. All right. Here we go, Justin. What you got? Hi, Brian. Uh, Justin Conn from Minneapolis. You said you would answer some uh, life questions. What's the meaning of life? Thanks, man. Wow, Justin. 
going deep. And for the record, Justin actually had a regular call as well. But I'm not going to go with the regular call when we get 20 of them. We got to get to this life stuff. Okay. So it's funny because when you said that, I laughed, but then I'm like, huh. <laughs> it made me think, like, what is the meaning of life? But I think I'll put in the context of life and technology. I think, I hope, and I know some of you feel this way and some of you don't, but I think the meaning of life is life isn't on our phones, right? Take time to like put that phone down. Me and my buddies um, that I grew up with from our junior high and high school days, we don't get together often. I know a couple of them are listening. Shout out to Alex and James. But when we go out to dinner, we all stack our phones in the center of the table. We tell our significant others, you know, we're at dinner, we're gonna put it down. If Unless the phone rings like three or four times, don't pick it up. But if anyone picks up that phone, um, they pay for dinner. And we have a crew of like, depending, six to 10 guys that show up. So there are way, and it makes all the difference because then we can catch up with each other. It's just this organic conversation. Once someone goes to your, in any group situation, once someone goes to their phone, someone else goes to their phone. And then all of a sudden they're completely taken out of it. I would really recommend to anyone, whether it's from people that were, you know, before phones came around to the generation that is all about phone, put your phones down. The meaning of life is right in front of us. It's right around us. It's about making connections with people. I think I like to put my phone down just to in hopes that you get those kind of random interactions with strangers because I think that that means a lot. It it may you may not think it does, but having random social interactions can be really good, really fruitful, and sometimes can make people's days, whether it's your day or their day. So whether you're on a trip, on vacation, I tend to just unwire and use my phone as a camera and nothing else. It It's like, yes, there is life without a phone, but the meaning of life is the personal connections you make, the world around you, and exploring and seeing, and also food. Food, yeah, that's the meaning of life to my tummy. I love food, like legit foodie-ish food, food. All right. Maybe that resonated with you. Maybe you're like, forget you, Brian. The world is my phone. Not the world is the world. What is it? The world is, wait, what is it? The the world is my oyster. Some of y'all think the world is my phone. I don't think so. Put it down. It makes a huge difference. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, We are going to wrap this thing up. I also want to say again, thank you at the end of every show to our platinum apples who support the show at patreon.com slash Tong at the $100 monthly platinum level. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frader, Craig Hindall, and Jarrett Lewis. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for this week. Again, call in 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Be safe. Put down your phone because that's the meaning of life. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.